Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Folks, what is up? It's June 12, 2023. Welcome to Trainwreck Tonight 296. And to say we have a full show for June, while we are not lying about the heat we are about to bring, we are going to be talking... Bills will be talking Josh Coverboy. We're talking the Josh Madden event with none other than WDUFO Sports' finest, Mookie Hawkins. And then around the corner of the hour, we'll be bringing in Jeff Blank from T2 Green to talk about the absolute madness that was the RBC Canadian this weekend. And of course, looking ahead to the U.S. Open and seeing if there's any free money to be made. Of course, always brought to you by Outlet Liquor. Let's go. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't stop. Follow me into the great unknown Where pink flamingos grow Diet soda flows and what you take Magically regenerates On supermarket shelves The ovens clean themselves You don't Welcome to Trainwreck tonight, 296, and let's get him in here. You know him from WUFO. It's Mookie Hawkins. Mookstar, how are you doing, sir? How was the weekend? Oops, I got you muted. Hold on. All right, give it to us. Weekend was great, man. Uh, you know, nice university fest over the weekend, and we celebrated the kickoff of Juneteenth Festival with Sankofa yesterday. And obviously, it's Juneteenth weekend coming up. So, you know, a lot to be excited for this month. Seriously, I mean, I will say Western New York takes advantage of its good weather. You could say it does not have the best weather, but when it does get good, when it gets good outside, we have no lack of plans. And you see that with all kinds of ways. And speaking of plans, all of a sudden I found out midweek last night, last week I had plans. It was the Josh Allen cover Madden event over at Vice at the uh, base of 500 Pearl. I was not surprised to see you there as you're always grinding. But, uh, you know, you've been to a lot of events, Mookie. I mean, you've covered a lot of stuff. You got a little bit more access than myself. Um, Where does that rank in kind of the spectacle or, you know, I guess the crate, like on a, on a one to 10 craziness scale, where would you put that amongst everything you've seen? In reference to like where, like, you, you know, know, like, I mean, I guess, you know, if you told a fan 10 years ago that the, that the QB of 
the bills was going to be on Madden, they probably would have thought you were on crazy pills or something like that. Right. So I guess, you know, standing there, being there, seeing, you know, fans going rock is doing trip Josh doing trivia sessions with fans and, you know, kind of the intro video, you know, did that kind of leave even you with a little bit of like, you know, like, wow, it takes my breath away a little bit. Oh, definitely was some surrealness that, you know, you know, without Josh, he gave us the opportunity to experience that and share it with him. But like, damn, it's like, and we got a Buffalo Bill on the cover of Bad. You know what I mean? So like, that's that's super dope. So to get that experience in, it was just like, damn, they they have parties for this type of stuff. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, let's face it. There's a party for everything nowadays, especially post COVID. People are looking to do anything they can, throw an event anyway. Which again, obviously, great job by 500 Pearl. It was a very awesome event, which I'm sure was probably thrown together pretty quickly based on the way that things happen and how those timelines were for sure. But obviously super exciting. And Mookie, you know, as you look at, um, you know, Josh and the bills, um, what, I guess this, this is the most broad question I could ever ask. What sticks out to you most about Josh and the bills here in early June on what's obviously another year with big expectations? You know, I think, I think that, you know, everybody, wanted the Bills to get the big splash. I mean, it was in the talks of everybody that was a big name who was ever cut in free agency or wherever the case may be, from your OBJ to your Ezekiel Elliott to now, uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. And I was just I was just telling someone the other day, I'm like, at one point in time, we were never mentioned in the likes of big name free agents to even entertain coming to Buffalo. But to hear every big name from every other team get cut, to have the bills on their list is just like, wow. I mean, how do we really capitalize off that one? You know, we don't have too much cap space, but I think the bills have been really sneaky, sneaky good during this free agency period. I mean, just keep in mind that this is their first rodeo. This is coach McDermott's first rodeo. He's never been a head coach anywhere else. Brandon Bean has never been a general manager anywhere else. So, you know, no matter how many years they've been here so far, they're still learning new things, right? So I think that they're able to manage the cap by getting good players at bargain prices. And I think we have a lot of minor upgrades that make this roster much better than last year's roster that was a Super Bowl favorite. Yeah, a lot of people are saying Bean is kind of in his 2019 offseason bag where it was more like <laughs> eight to 10 additions. You're John Browns, you're Cole Beasley's, you know, sprinkling in the additions versus being one big name. And I think you're going to, do you expect them to see that in the form of what Taylor Rapp uh, and all these guys? Like, you know, there were, there were, Bean definitely got a handful of players for, for McDermott to utilize. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, they're they doing a good job of finding bargain one year rentals that's fairly young, a lot of tread on the tires, didn't get developed at the, you know, the organization that they were previous at. And, you know, these guys do have a chip on their shoulder. They do have something to prove. So if I'm drafted by a team and then I'm not developed right or I just didn't, you know, thrive in their system, and here it is, I'm 27 years old and I don't get a second contract with these guys, but here it is, a team that's contending, you know, wants me so of course i'm gonna go there i'm gonna go there for the discount and i'm gonna you know hopefully get an opportunity to play for a super bowl because now i'm playing in the contract year uh, one of the biggest games you know of of the season so that doesn't do anything but boost your sales and your stock so being in in those guys the scout department has done an excellent job on bringing in those type of guys 
Seriously. I mean, I think there's a lot of credit to the scouting department and the conditioning and strength guys, obviously with the way that injuries have been pretty good. Most of the, uh, most of the McDermott being era uh, for sure. So just to kind of put a bow on it uh, before we get into our other event, uh, is it, I, I kind of had it up there. Is there anything you think fans are missing? I mean, you see the discourse as much as anyone. I know you're grinding on that timeline, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I know you're seeing it all. Is there anything that you think fans are maybe overstating? Is there anything that they're missing entirely? Anything that you want to kind of get out there? The fans is on it. You know, I mean, they are not just like, it is. You know, Bill's are fans are kind of on it. Like they someone sees it in a direction, they're breaking it down. They're definitely on it. I'm, I'm, I'm over the, the, the Stefan Diggs, uh, not at OTA stuff. Like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, I've been over the Stefan stuff from months ago. Talk to me when he's not showing up to something that's mandatory. Talk to me when he's causing an issue with the team. If he's causing an issue with Bill's mafia on the internet, that doesn't bother me one bit. Right. You know, and I mean, yeah, he's the best player on the team. So why are we worrying about where he is in in in, in May? Why do you worry about that? Seriously, speaking of worry, real quick, uh, I know you're not a, a massive Sabres guy, even though you do dabble here and there. Uh, are you worried about Jack Eichel getting a, getting a Stanley Cup? You know what? I, I thought about that, and I was like, you know what? It's just like the Bills. You know, we always let them go when they go win a Super Bowl somewhere. So I guess the same rule applies in hockey. We let them go, and they go win the Stanley Cup. But, I mean, it's a win-win type of deal, I think. I think that um, Jack, all his pieces that was placed around him did never materialize around him. And, you know, he was jive miserable here. And his game showed that, you know, Jack Eichel needs to be on the ice with, you know, another veteran. You know, he's not the, the takeover type of LeBron type of guy. He needs a, a veteran guy out there with him to be who he is. And, you know, it was a win-win. I think we got some good pieces out of that trade and tucking those guys. And, you know, we'll we'll make the playoffs next year and, you know, we'll give it, we'll have a crack at it next year. But we wish Eichel the best, man. Hey, you know, he's, he's still a saver. We drafted. Speaking of good pieces, speak of win-win, real quick before we get into all the winning that we're going to be doing next Monday, um, you've seen this Bandits, you know, Bender that all these guys have been on. They've been running wild this past week. Bandit land, baby. Bandit mania. This is the first step of it. You know, champagne showers, the Bandits are the first to go ahead and do it. So now it's going to just be contagious down the line. Next, Bills is up, and then, you know, Sabres will make the playoffs. So we'll, it'll be a lot of celebrations in Buffalo this year. On our levels. And let's not forget our Bisons, neither. Seriously, their team at the Bisons are having great attendance all over the board. But, yeah, the Bandits, I mean, it is crazy. And, obviously, it's going to be a huge celebration starting this Thursday in Alumni Plaza at 5 p.m. Uh, when they'll have, like, a, ch a championship celebration. And then they're going to literally take that championship celebration and move it down the street to the Bisons game. You got Dane Smith throwing out first pitch. By the way, shout out Dane Smith for getting engaged this past week. Also, Nick Weiss uh, and his girlfriend, Amanda, looks like they got engaged. I mean, these are, you know what's happening, Mookie? These guys became champions, and all of a sudden, they're not nervous to propose anymore. They're, they're feeling confident. <laughs> they're not They're not worried about when they get down on one knee anymore. Oh, no. I mean, you know, once you didn't conquer the, the championship, you feel invincible. So, hey, you might as well go ahead and get on one knee and give it a shot. Hey, seriously, but we'll, we'll be getting on both knees as we're begging everyone for a, a, a minute between holes uh, this coming Monday, uh, uh, one week away from today, Poncho's Army Golf Event. So we're sold out, Springville Country Club, a lot of benefactors. You and I kind of, we were kind of the, the hosts last year. We were kind of mm -hmm. welcoming everyone, talking to everyone, getting the people going. Uh, what are you looking forward to most this year? 
Russ always a good time, man, when I'm out there with the guys. Definitely with being out there with you, you know, get a whole day with my guy, Maniac, you know, on the car. It is good. It is good. Really, you know, breaking it down, unexclusively exclusive. <laughs> but uh, I, it's just good to see the guys, uh, you know, everybody that's a part of Poncho's Army, you know, and, you know, the way uh, my guy Ant has has really picked this thing up, man, boots on the ground, him and his wife and stuff like that, man. It's just awesome for him to do it again, you know what I mean, for a second year in a row. I mean, last year it was Thurman Thomas, you know, and Patty Thomas out there. So it really don't get, you know, no better than that, you know what I mean, for Seriously. people to I mean, it's, it's a nonstop party. It's just one big party moving around that course. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to get back out there, man. So we're on the clock. We're, we're a week away. Seriously, a week. Make sure you stay tuned to WUFO Sports and obviously here at Trainwreck Sports for all that coverage, all that awesomeness, and all that awesomeness. I mean, Mookie, it comes and goes too quickly. I got to let you go here, sir. But uh, anything good on tap for tonight? Uh, well, I mean, Denver should be able to go ahead and close it out so they can get their first ever NBA championship. It's always good to watch some something historic. So, you know, hey, you know, shout out to Denver if they can pull it off. If not, hey, to be continued. Viva's Los Bills. And shout out to EA and shout out to my guys, Joe Giordano and Justin for putting on a good party here in uh 500. Oh, Joe and Justin threw a banger for sure. And shout out to you uh, for hopping on this train, folks. Make sure you're following Mookie Hawkins. There's no one more in touch every day at Bill's practice and with the scene around the city and everything than my man, Mookie WFO sports. Thank you, sir. Wait till tomorrow. Uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh. Uh and that's a teaser, folks. Have a, Mookie, have a good night now. Yes, sir. All righty, folks. And on the other side of this break, we will have Jeff Blank from Tia Green. You've seen him dominating all the local courses. We'll talk the national news this past week, U.S. Open, and a little bit more on the other side of this break. Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet Folks, sometimes I get upset when things aren't covered properly, whether it's at a national level or at a local level. For example, like UB Sports, I always want them to be advocated more and I always want coverage more. But one thing we cannot debate is the upstir in coverage and the uptick in coverage over the past, I want to say 18 to 24 months since T to Green has come to fruition here on, uh, on our airwaves and on our timelines. And now I bring in a guy who's doing a part of that over there, Jeff Blank. Jeff, thanks for coming on, sir. What's going on? Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Listen, I talked to you last week. I thought I had an idea of exactly where this conversation was going to go. But now I think instead of a, you know, a one topic, I think we have more of a a one, a two and and definitely some B ones and twos along the way. I mean, what is there? When was the last time there was a week that exciting beginning to end in golf? Did, did I miss something? Was there something that happened last week? I'm, <laughs> I'm confused here. Unbelievable. Oh Get out of here. I mean, absolute shock. I mean, starting with the uh, PGA Tour live PIF news. Uh, what was your What was your first thought when you read? That? I mean, you had to was, think you clicked an account that was like a parody yeah. or something, right? No, that that's absolutely what it was. I mean, it was a complete shock. You had to go to multiple sources just to verify. You know, Adam Schefter is is tweeting out <laughs> details about the merger. I'm like, something's not right. I had to look at the Twitter handles, make sure they're they're accurate. It's unbelievable. Of course, you got to make sure you're not getting the ad darn Schefter or anything like that. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, exactly. So I'm not going to like, I, I do want us to talk about it, uh, but obviously there is so much other golf that went on this past weekend and coming up that I want us to focus on that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, a year from now, 
are we going to like even remember like that this all kind of went down? That's that's the really tough part. Everybody is speculating at this point. It's hard to say if next year is going to look exactly like this year. You know, Greg Norman's kind of come out and said business as usual. Now, I don't know if I necessarily believe that. Well, there's I, like three or four wild cards, right? It's like, what yeah. is Norman doing going forward? Because if you ask yeah. anyone from the PGA side or basically a lot of reputable journalists, he's as good as gone uh, whenever yeah. anything gets going on that side. If you ask, you know, the people on the inside for the players and everything, it seems like the PGA roster is still pretty upset with Jay Monahan. Now, at the end of the day, all of this business might make the PGA a lot of money at the end of the day. And some of that yeah. might trickle down to not only the PGA and its investors and its board, who uh, obviously selects the commissioner. I guess I learned this last week, um, yeah. but the players as well. So, again, a lot of things could change again. But I guess it just makes it such an exciting time to be into golf. Like, I hate to say it, but... I mean, you know, when I was growing up, even into my mid twenties, my like, you know, everything like that, I wasn't like super enthralled by golf unless it was tiger for the first time really yeah. in my life. I feel like I am paying attention to golf news almost every week and it doesn't involve tiger at all. It's, it's quite amazing. I mean, it's going back to Jay Monahan. Yes. How did he come out of this as representing the player players to becoming the CEO of this new entity on it's unbelievable. Succession-esque, I'm yeah, telling you. I, I was really talking is. with my dad about it, but it was just, you could tell there was a house of cards there. I guess yeah. the, the early message out of, you know, what, the PGA side, it was it was the legal fees is what is being said, right? Because it seems so abrupt. You're seeing yeah. live broadcasts where, where like, what, the, the rumors and, like, the and the jokes a couple weeks ago were that they were cutting away to, like, reruns of shows or they were cutting oh, yeah. away to private paid programming and stuff like that. And, yeah, the, the PGA is seemingly... It's not, obviously, I don't think anyone views the PGA as like, I mean, in some circles they do because the internet's brutal, obviously, but like bending the knee, it seems like it's more of obviously a merger from all their terms and everything like that. But yeah, you look at it a year from now, I feel like, you know, it'll be an interesting thing to have looked back on. And ultimately, yeah. I mean, it seems, you know, again, these, these histories will be written in the years to come. So that's why they have sports shows like these. So people can make ridiculous takes, but you feel like maybe the guys that went to live almost moved the PGA in the right direction without me overstating that. Yeah, I, I would say that's right. I would also kind of say PIF, it's probably not the first time they approached the PGA Tour to infuse money into the game and try to get into that arena. I think what Liv ended up doing was strong arming the PGA Tour in a way. So with the litigation and everything that you mentioned about PGA Tour just didn't have the funds to fight this and never ending battle. I mean, yeah. there was probably going to be lawsuits year after year after year. So what PIF basically did is they used money instead of giving it to the PGA Tour, they use it against them to basically strong arm it to this, this position. Now, the legal guys, the lawyers are saying that the PGA Tour was in a very strong position. And I'm not necessarily disagreeing with that, but it was definitely the PGA Tour. They saw the, the money at the end of the day and they, they knew they couldn't fight it forever. Seriously, money talks. And yep, uh, money talks. one guy who knows that more than anybody, uh, Rory McIlroy, is kind of at the center of this hurricane, yeah. I guess, if you want to call it or whatnot. And that was a big point that he was making. His talking points this past week were almost because, because again, he can't completely flip flop because he was so anti live. He was basically like, you know, the Mel Gibson of the Patriot, mm. like leading the PGA guys over the hill or anything. Right. But, when he was hit what, and again, there were a couple quotes from him like 18 months ago saying something similar. His whole thing is he's saying it's about where the money goes, right? Yes. Is, is he, he's saying he never had a problem with the money. Now it's more that he just didn't agree with the previous allocation and the other, 
you know, like you said, the the uh, proposals from the PIF to obviously the PGA, which have obviously existed in the past, but now seem to be that much more welcomed by the PGA itself. Yeah, and he was very clear this past week that he does not like live. He doesn't like the structure live. He actually used the word I, I hate live. So <laughs> I don't think he's on board with how they're going about their their business operation. But I think he recognizes, like you said, that I don't want to say any money, but money infused in the right way and put into the right, I guess, devices to grow the game can certainly be useful no matter where it's coming from. Oh, yes. 100 percent. And obviously, um, the one big storyline out of last week while we're on Rory uh, with Murray, uh, you know, did you buy like obviously some people said they were joking. I my take on it and and I'm not a big Rory fan. I'll just be I'll be out right with that. I know that he's a great golf player. I totally understand that. My take on it is that in the moment, it was a thousand percent serious and, I think and it was the, definitely happening. And then once yeah. cooler heads got to prevail outside any work meeting and especially a work meeting where literally billions of dollars are on the line, maybe cooler heads prevailed and everything, you know, kind of washed yeah. over. What was your take though on that little tidbit? Yeah, I think it had lied grabbing a little bit. I think what ended up happening, at least from the, the tour players who talked about what they heard in the conversation is Grace and Murray just literally wouldn't shut up about <laughs> Jay Monahan resigning and this and that. And it finally got to the point where I think Rory just threw out there, you know, you know what, just be quiet, play better. Um, but according to some of the players that came out of the meeting, they were laughing after it, but I think it was just kind of to stop Grayson Murray from talking a little bit. Okay. I mean, you can't, if, if it's shutting someone up at a work meeting, I, yeah. I hate to say it, but for the first yeah. time I might be on Rory's side. So yeah, uh, if, only he could, if, if only you could have put him on mute, like half so the meetings that we are in. You're Jay Monahan. You probably yeah. have your worst 90 hour news cycle in, in, in quite a minute here is especially, you know, especially with the, uh, the the nine eleven group was was a big talking point with the Thursday and Friday news cycle. Obviously, you know you're kind of thinking if only I could dial up a super close tournament with exciting scores and hey, who knows maybe some extra golf for free. And that's exactly what the RBC did this weekend. Um, what was your takeaway? I mean, because you don't even have to really like golf to have enjoyed that Sunday action. You know, my my first takeaway was obviously a Canadian winning the Canadian Opens for the first time since 1954. And then it, it quickly, after the the shock of that putt, it kind of went to where do I go find the video of Adam Hadwin getting truck sticked on the on the 18th green? I, that was just unbelievable. And then you had Hadwin's wife on Twitter making jokes about it. Everybody just looking for the video. But I mean, at the end of the day, it was a great tournament, great distraction. And it, it kind of sucks that two years in a row they've had this distraction around live uh, surrounding the Canadian Open and now to have this finish the way it finished, a Canadian winning. And then the whole chaos with Adam had <laughs> went after it was just unbelievable. It was a great week. Seriously. I mean, you cannot, if you're Jay Monahan, who, you know, again, was having a tough way, you could not have scripted it any better. And people always joke about sports being scripted. Great script guys. Um, but the one thing yeah. to uh, kind of say there, and it sticks out to me is just that playoff golf is the best. It is. Yeah. It is the only time where I watch golfers. And they're acting ex- any anything resembling like what I would do out there. They're they're getting yeah. tight. They're getting uneasy. They're making crazy decisions. The execution yep. is just not nearly as good. Of course, until you need to make a seventy-two foot putt to win it all, then everything changes. But um, I had a crazy idea. What if you took the two golfers closest to the cut who had the best round two scores, so you know they're playing well, and you just put them in a playoff? <laughs> As extra golf to be broadcast, yeah. and you, and on all you're doing is adding one player to the cut who is playing well. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. this extra golf is beyond entertaining. 
Uh, this is kind of like the the wild card in baseball here. I think you're going here. I'm telling you, if we're about making the PGA, I mean, I don't know, you know, just to kind of umbrella it real quick. Obviously, the Hadwin stuff was amazing. If I was the PGA, I would be hammering this stuff way more than I was hammering the Mike Block stuff. I get that that was a great story for the week yeah. and the major, but this was like you're all your guys you're gonna have every week. They're gonna be in the you know the coverage. You want people watching Hadwin. You want people watching Fleetwood, obviously. Um, you know, as, as yeah. Fleetwood will continue his journey, unfortunately, uh, you know, he was so close yesterday. Jeez. Um, well, it, dep- it depends. Are, are we going to be looking at no cuts next year? If, uh, the live model takes over, I, I don't know if that's the play. Uh, I, I mean, even, so even though, you know, you, I mean, again, you have those, you like Justin Thomas at, uh, at the PGA championship, right? Like he was, he was way below the cut line. Am I right? Yeah. Or was it speed yep. or sorry, or both of them? It might have um, been. You know, I, them, I don't yeah. think I don't think anyone would have argued with. Oh, I'm here on a Saturday at you know uh, yeah. at you know uh, the PGA Championship. I get to see Jordan Spieth playing from 12 strokes behind or whatever. Uh, it's something that people obviously enjoy a lot. Um, which, by the, which, by the way, a record that'll never be broken. What is it, Tiger Woods? I think it's 142 straight cuts made. Insane. That never, Insane. Never that's, like, that, that's like that's up there with like Cy Young wins, Cal yeah. Ripken like consecutive games because it's just. It's such a, I mean, I, I would say it's a different era, but also that was just an era of dominance by yes. Tiger. And that's why it was so exciting. And yep. speaking of excitement, uh, before we get into the U S open, this is a good segue. Uh, the tiger Rory league was in the news today. Again, if you're yep. anything golf, get yourself in the news today. Uh, you see T two green following at T two G Buffalo, uh, hammering it. You love to see it, but tiger Rory league. Um, I feel like this is exactly what the PGA needs. Get your exciting people, get your exciting players. Hell, if you even have to do half of them as like celebrity pro-ams to justify like yeah. the primetime slot. I yeah. mean, this just seems like a no doubt slammed up. Did you see the uh, new investor today announced? Uh, Joshua P? Uh, not Joshua Allen. Yeah, Joshua. Yeah, uh, okay, okay. No, yeah. that's exciting. I mean, hey, let's face it. If they get him as investors, that much more likely to get him to come play like a couple rounds and everything like that. Getting them involved, getting them in the and, circle for sure. Exactly. Like you said, you can really branch out into different sports, brings a, brings a lot of different people into the environment. So I think you're 100%, you know, on yes. with that. Yeah. And especially just how funny content is. I mean, I think uh, Discover Networks are, um, or no, the Golf Network, I believe they were working on a show before his accident where tiger was golfing with celebrities and like the first three or four episodes that came out were obviously like amazing. Obviously yeah. I think there was one with David Spade where David Spade just started yep. playing better than he's ever played in his entire life. And he was just like joking about it hysterically. Yeah. I want to um, say he was on the way to filming or back from filming when the car crash happened. I, I yeah. believe that was literally timed up yeah. with that as crazy exactly. as it was. I, I, yeah. If I recall correctly, maybe like Dwayne Wade, was the person he was yeah. playing with on that one? I, yep, seriously, I think so. That, that feels like correct. it just happened again. That's how, I mean, that's, I mean, let's face it. When it comes to the golf world, Tiger is the sun. Anything yeah. he has is going to have gravitational pull. And again, that's why Absolutely. I think, even though I'm an anti-Rory guy, which I got to get on this platform every time because I got to legitimize it. I think that this league is a no doubt slam dunk, uh, especially getting it on a network in prime time where golf has really never existed. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And speaking of never existing, I hope to never have to play a par three, 290 yards that I see. 290 yards, the 11th hole at Los oh Angeles Country Club. It, it's right, interesting because tell the people, the, talk to them about this. There's five par threes on this golf course. Uh, and there, it's really the first time that a venue's had five par threes since 1947 in the U.S. Open at St. Louis Country Club. So the really interesting part is 290 yards. We're all taking driver, you know, maybe twice. Who knows? Uh, but the 15th as well can be set up to play 92 holes or 92 yards, I should say. So you got one par three, the 11th, that can be set up to play 290, and one par three on the 15th, that can be 92 yards. 
it's gonna be really really interesting and this this course if you haven't done so already go to the us open website and watch the flyover it's an unbelievable setup the views are spectacular i think it's really going to play well for tv and obviously they're showing i've seen some clips of the rough today uh looks pga championship-esque i mean no joke i wouldn't want to be hitting out of there yeah, big difference in the rough is going to be the style of grass as well. This is going to be Bermuda grass, which is going to be, in my opinion, more difficult with that length, three to four inches of rough than even Oak Hill was. Uh, but yeah, those videos are just, every time you see him for the U.S. Open, it's just mind-boggling. Seriously, I mean, I yeah, I live outside of the fairway, so just the thought of yeah. alone seeing it makes me absolutely nauseous. It's um yeah, exactly. with that said obviously we saw you know the last couple events we saw last week with a lot of golfers at the top um what are you thinking jeff i know i don't want to spoil your bets because obviously uh, you've been making some good money recently with these uh round and tournament plays over on t2g buffalo uh yeah. but you got anything for us you got any potential free money out there loitering i was looking uh there well, i mean there it's a wide open field yeah if you want right free, rom, free money there really is no free money in golf, but if you want the closest thing to free money, it's it's probably Scotty Scheffler with a top 10 finish, but you're not going to get the best odds. He's at minus 143. <laughs> I saw a crazy stat that uh, I forget who put it out, so I apologize for not referencing him. But since 2020, Scotty Scheffler's 55 under par in the majors. The next best is Rom at minus 32. So he's more than 20 strokes under par, more than the second best golfer. If he could just putt, he'd win every tournament. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I mean, I, do you think that is encouraging to him at, or more like frustrating yeah. in his brain? Cause honestly, you're right. I mean, the, the amount of times this guy has a, well, I even want to say like a seven to 15 foot putt for birdie. I mean, or, or par, like it's, it's unreal. He would, if, if he could putt like some of the top guys, it's like, yeah. he, like you said, he would never lose. Do you think that's more frustrating or almost encouraging? Cause he knows the rest of his game is so solid. I'd have to think at this point in his career and, and the number of times it's happened this year, I think it's frustrating. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's literally blown tournaments with his putter multiple times this year and including the PGA championship. Seriously. Um, he's absolutely, he kind of made yep. a big push uh, in that one as well, for sure. Um, I just want to pull this up because we're obviously yeah. talking about the free money here. Okay. Um, and then let's pull this down. Um, I agree with you on the Scheffler thing with top 10. My thinking is just if you go Scheffler and Rom both top 10, I just can't see both of those losing, right? Right. No, for sure. I, I think uh, even, even Rom sets up really well for this course as well. So In some, yep. some aspects, he he actually sets up better than Scotty Scheffler, but Scheffler is just a machine at this point. Now, Vegas is stubborn. Uh, it doesn't take anything more than one minute of lines and looking at them change for that. With that said, I did look a little earlier in the year, earlier in the season. Brooks Kepka was originally 16 to 1 and 18 to 1 in some spots uh, to win this before taking down the PGA Championship. That was after his good showing in the Masters uh, as well. Do you think that there's value on Brooks? Maybe like Brooks top five since he kind of tends to live there, especially when it comes to majors recently? Yeah. Again, it's hard to bet against Brooks in a. You know, in a major like this, when you look at the data, because the data looks at more than just majors, uh, he actually doesn't score very well. But if you were to just isolate um, the data for the majors, he's actually, I believe, first in strokes gained uh, total for majors in the last basically three years. So, I mean, I, I think he's he's overpriced a little bit, but, you know, it's hard again, hard to bet against him. I'm kind of looking at some of the, the longer odds. I think one of the hottest players on tour right now, Victor Hovland. Uh, just recently, and it's only a matter of time, right? When oh, is Victor yeah. gonna finally get it done? Uh, he was, 
Uh, my one friend was positive he was going to do it at the Masters, and obviously yep. started so strong there, uh, only to fall off a little bit. But yeah, you're right. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But no, you're fine. Really, it really is a matter of time. When is Victor Hovland going to get done? Uh, you could yep. say the same for like kind of like Shoffley or Cantley in these majors. Uh, to be honest, in my opinion, I think I believe Cantley was what the 2021 uh, FedEx Player of the Year. So obviously, it just has a very good all-around game. If I can ask you real quick, um, because I'm not as inside on it, but you know, this was a guy who was coming up strong. He he won a major so earlier in his career. Morikawa is, is what's what? Where do you see him at right now? Because it kind of seems like he's faltering. Yeah. He's odd. The last couple of weeks have been basically terrible. It's a little bit of a more of a return to form with him in the mid twenties here. Um, but but where are you at on him, and where do you think he goes from here? Yeah, so for Morikawa, I actually have him ranked fourth uh, this okay. week. He, he scores really well in pretty much everything except strokes gained around the green, and there's going to be a lot of long rough here. So if he's going to win this week, he's going to have to tighten up kind of around the green, those thick, rough, rough flies uh, being able to get up and down. But he scores really well, and strokes gained approach was going to be the primary metric this week. Uh, so, yeah, I have him for us. I, I don't think that's a bad bet at all. I will say a name that you just mentioned that is actually number one in my rankings, even above Scotty Scheffler, is Andrew Shoffley. California, right, California. man, throw it yeah, up. Throw it up the X's, California kid. Uh, he's from, I think, San Diego, so a little bit south of Los, Los Angeles. But I actually have him ranked uh, first this week, plus okay. 1,800, 18 to 1. I'll ne- I'll never forget. I did have I did have Matsuyama in 2021, and man, Shoffley was the one guy who was just like nipping at his heels that whole time yep. until he went into. I think he blew into the water on like 16 or 17 finally to kind of give me some relief. But uh, yeah, he was literally right on his heels. And again, another guy who it's like he's played mm-hmm. well in majors. He just hasn't quote unquote finished, or he hasn't finished exactly. better than anybody else. Um, speaking of uh, long shots, Deshambo. Let's uh, let I'll, I'll put him in the field. Give me, because I, I know you'll have your uh, whole slate of picks. Make sure, again, you're, fit, you're checking out Jeff Blank Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or the T2, well, both, T2G Buffalo for his daily picks, for his round picks, for the tournament picks. Give me a 45 to 1 or more shot to win it. And I'm going to go first, so you can't take him, Ricky Kay. Fowler. Ricky Fowler, I love Ricky Fowler, man. I'd be so happy if he won a tournament. If there's why, any, why does it feel like everybody would be so happy if Ricky Fowler won a tournament? Like, Look, I, you know, I talked to Kevin Sylvester, part of our team at T degree, and he works for the PGA tour. And, and he says, there's not a better person, you know, on the PGA tour than, than Ricky Fowler. He really raves about him. So I, I just, yeah, I mean, he's just so good with the fans. He's out, no matter how he shoots, he sticks around, signs the autographs, all that good stuff. But I like Ricky Fowler there. His game is actually in really nice form. If you want a real long shot, um, even though even though he's already won uh, this year in the Florida Florida swing at two hundred to one, Chris Kirk, okay, who I have as a long shot. Uh, I will also say that uh, just to add in, I'll probably be posting my weekly picks uh, either tomorrow or Wednesday, and then the daily picks, like you said, Thursday through Sunday. So I haven't yet narrowed it down to the four or five that I want to pick for the week. But Chris Kirk, I'm keeping an eye on he. Uh, Really good around the greens. He, he has really strong metrics across the board for the pretty much the top seven metrics that we're looking at for this course. And it's difficult because we haven't we don't have, really have metrics for this course specifically since they haven't played it. But uh, looking at you know last three years of performance, last fifty rounds of performance, Chris Kirk is high on the list. Seriously, all right, and you can't go wrong with two hundred to one. It loses. You just look at him. You're like, it was two hundred to one. I mean, come on. Well, yeah. Relax. Uh, but uh, yeah, this should be a very entertaining major and obviously we are uh under 72 hours away from it getting underway so very much forward looking forward to that 
And on here on Trainwreck tonight, 296, taking care of business. Uh, first off, a huge shout out to Jeff. Uh, thanks for coming on tonight. Um, and let's me. get into our shout outs and sign offs. I know you just shouted out the whole team there at uh, T2, or well, you shouted out Kevin Sylvester, but Kevin, shout, yep. out, shout out to the whole team over there at T2 Green. And obviously, we would be remiss not to mention that you should go over to that page and go sign up for their seventh annual Duster Putting, Duster Challenge. putting tell me, Challenge. Tell me about the DPC. Unbelievable. So last year was the first time I participated in it, and it just blew my expectations away. So basically, Glen Oak, great partner to Tita Green, they set up basically an 18-hole course on their massive uh, practice putting green. And you'll have T markers, obviously the holes cut and everything. And it's it's basically a score setting uh, for the first uh, round. And then you kind of go into, it's not a maybe a match play, but kind of one-on-one until you weed your way down to the eventual championship. But it's all for a great cause. Uh, this year, I think they're going to have food catered as well. Uh, so it's going to be really fantastic. But we had great weather last last year. We had the lights up. Uh, towards the finish of the championship match. Uh, it's just a really great event. I, I would highly recommend it. Even if you don't think you would enjoy it, you believe me, you will. And let me tell you something. This area loves giving. This area loves donating. Sometimes it's a little intimidating with these $100, $200 donations for events. You talk about just $35 donation to register. You get to do have a good cause. You get to have a good time. Seems like a win-win uh, by me. Uh, Jeff, again, huge shout out for coming on. Uh, appreciate it, sir. Yeah, one more thing, if I can. Ooh. Oh, of course. Tita Green, this Saturday radio, two-hour special for the U.S. Open. We're going to be at Pendleton Creek Golf Club. So that'll be a fun two-hour episode this this week for the major. Folks, and of course, they can get that 550? They can get that on WGR 550. Yep, we'll be posting the podcast and all that afterwards. All right, love that, folks. A2T2G Buffalo, or go follow Jeff Blank on his personal. You'll see it all over that page. Jeff, thanks for coming on again tonight, sir. Thank you very much. Take care. Have a good night now. You too. Folks, and for my shout-outs, first off, again, huge shout-outs to our guest, Jeff Blank from T Green. Make sure you go and follow them. Make sure you go and follow Mookie Hawkins over at WUFO Sports. Uh, it's very important to follow, obviously, all these accounts, all these people with ground-level insight, and obviously, look at the ways of looking at things that maybe you didn't have before. Uh, and last but not least, for my shout-outs right there, shout-out to the guys over at Expected Buffalo, Chad DiDemana Scoops. Uh, you know, no... Massive news, obviously, on the Sabres front for a little bit while, but this week we had the spicy nugget this past week. Chad DiDemana scoops saying that as soon as they legally can, similar to when I wanted a skateboard and my mom said I couldn't have one until I was 10, as soon as they can, July 1st, I guess is the word, they will be signing Rasmus Dahlin to an eight-year, $80 million deal. So again, make sure you're following the guys at Expected Buffalo, Anth, and Chad DiDemana scoops over there because they're getting it done. And I think it's obviously well-earned from Dahlin with the ability and talent uh, that they've shown, and especially the progress that Dalian has shown off the ice, uh, for lack of a better talking point, uh, over the past 24 months, not just as a skater, but as a leader. So looking forward to that. Shout out to those guys. Shout out to Rasmus on his extension. Shout out to you for following along on Trainwreck Tonight 296. Make sure you're going and following all the platforms. Apple, Spotify, Spotify, YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. Thanks for following along and make sure to go have a good night now.